Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. This is another episode of the Camus Sick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Joined by my man, Jordan Delavalle, tonight. Had the last couple of weeks off, but he's back in the saddle for the Week 9 game recaps and looking forward to Week 10. We have officially crossed the halfway point. Of course, we have that extra 17th game this year. So that ninth week is about halfway point. Usually it's week eight. Now it's week nine. We're going to ask Jordan, put him on the hot seat for our hot topic of the evening here. We're going to ask him a question of basically what was something that he learned over the first half of the season that he didn't consider preseason. And I ask you, the listener, as well. If you're tuning in live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, Feel free to jump in the comments section and let us know one thing that you've learned over the first half of this fantasy football season that you didn't consider during draft season or over the summer. It's very important that we learn on the fly. We learn as we get going, and that makes us better fantasy football players. And, of course, if you stay stubborn in fantasy, you often get passed up. So we're going to ask Jordan in just a little bit. Of course, you can tune into our comment section live as well. And if you're listening back on the podcast side, Please either hit us up on Twitter at Sky Guasco or J Della Valley 7, or you can hit us up on any of the fantasy focused networks on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter. Of course, we're streaming live as well on Fantasy Focused Network and the Fantasy Football Network on YouTube as well. This is episode 495 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. And I want to give a quick shout out before we even get started here to our friends at betonline.ag your number one spot to go for your online sports betting experts. We'll be right back, bringing Jordan here in just a second. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use the promo code believe b-l-e-a-v believe to receive your bonus for football basketball boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, Jordan, a couple weeks off. For the last couple weeks, of course, you were on the Sunday live stream. Everybody can catch us every Sunday morning from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on the Pacific side with Jordan, myself, and Bobby. Or you can, of course, hit us from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on the East Coast side with Bucky and Levy. So Jordan, we'll put you on the hot seat right off the bat, man. First of all, how was your last couple of weeks? And let's put you on the hot seat here. Of course, our hot topic always brought to you by Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. Our good friends here, Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. So Jordan, first of all, how was your last couple of weeks off? And what is one thing that you have learned over the first nine weeks that you didn't necessarily consider in preseason or during the draft season? Yeah, so I mean, the first thing uh, that I learned it runs right into what I was doing the last two weeks, and that is 
traveling early in the week when your waiver wire is running is not uh, <laughs> something you want to do. So push I, flights. We'll put that push top flights, of the list. If push you want to do them in the if you want to do them in the morning, you want to take your flights in the morning, or if you have uh, later flights, make sure you do your waivers in the morning. Uh, I was boarding a plane trying to get my phone to load like a small like waiver wire screen. It's brutal. Don't do it. Um, but yeah, I was I was traveling uh, to Vegas uh, for work uh, outside of uh, you know what we do here on the podcast. Um, and then had a couple of weddings, so missed a couple of Sunday lives as well. Um, but good to be back. Um, and for our hot topic here, the thing that I learned is, um, I mean, it's something that I've bought into uh, as of the last four or five years in playing fantasy is that the late QB or streaming QB strategy, it, it seems stressful. You hate it on draft day waiting for that QB or, you know, you're playing the streaming option and you're wondering, hey, who am I going to pick up this week? And I got to find the perfect matchup. Just play whoever's playing the jets. Um, but it's actually something that you want to stick to. And it's, I know it's hard to do sometimes in draft it, this year. I actually caved a lot and took a lot of Kyler Murray mm-hmm. um, in the fifth round. I, I have Lamar Jackson. I took somewhere in the sixth of a draft because just cause I thought I was getting the value of, Hey, his ADP is in the fourth or in the fifth and I'm getting him in the sixth. But when you look at the QBs so far, I mean, Tom Brady right now on a points per game basis is the QB one. Uh, he was drafting like ninth, 10th round MVP um, on the season so far. Of course. Uh, Jalen hurts as well. If you want to talk about the real NFL MVP, no, he's, he's that was your terrible. call. That was your call. <laughs> yep. I like that one. He's, he's the QB six right now. And that's including obviously these last two weeks where he, where he didn't have those 15 point fourth quarter, uh, just rush explosions. Um, but I mean, you look at the guys that you were taking early, Josh Allen's the QB three in, in a points per game basis. But if you go all the way down to like Kirk Cousins, QB 10, it's only five points per game behind uh, Josh Allen in terms of a, you know, a fantasy output. And so when you think about, Hey, I had to take Josh Allen with my third round pick, you're missing out on, you know, the Cooper cups, uh, Cooper Cup was even later, like fourth round, I think this year. So uh, to me, I know it's hard, but sticking with the late QB or the streaming QB option, there's always going to be good options um, that are going to return value uh, as opposed to, you know, using one of those early round picks on uh, who's, you know, a sure thing. I mean, even Patrick Mahomes is always that sure thing right now is, is QB nine. Yep. And uh, Matthew Stafford is another big one. That was a late round QB. Mm-hmm. I got him as my second QB in most leagues. And he's the number one QB in 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 the guys that I've drafted for the most part. Uh, Dak Prescott obviously hurt for a while, didn't play very well. Lamar Jackson's been up or down, playing well lately. Ryan Tannehill didn't do much in the first half, but he's coming around as one of the late round guys. You mentioned Kirk Cousins. There's a lot of other names there as well, and we'll see. Look, Justin Fields all of a sudden starting to come up. We'll see if Trey Lance gets an opportunity uh, coming up here soon. And uh, Justin Herbert's been up and down. Burrow's been up and down. So it's been interesting. And and Rodgers as well. I mean, Packers are crushing it against this game with the Chiefs. Doesn't really count with Jordan Love. But Packers have been crushing it. But but Rodgers has been throwing touchdowns, but not yardage. So, uh, you know, it's been very interesting this year at quarterback. So I, I think that's a great one. I, I think that bodes well also. And I'll just tangent quickly on my response. And I would just piggyback on that with the tight end position as well. Travis Kelsey is the number one tight end on the year, but it doesn't feel like he's the number one because he's not as dominant as he has been over the last couple of years. Darren Waller, 19 targets week one. I'm not sure he's had 19 targets total since. We just got 
uh, George Kittle back, who hopefully will help out Niners and fantasy managers, but he's been out for a handful of weeks, right? It's guys like Pat Fryermuth off the bench, TJ Hawkinson up and down. Mark Andrews has been dominant, but he was like the fifth one out of that bunch. Kyle Pitts didn't happen until the first month of the season was passed. It's been pretty wild here. So with tight end as well, you get some late round guys also picking up the slack there. So, you know, just consider it next year when we do this all over again and you're looking at early quarterbacks, early tight ends. I'm not against it, but you can usually find value also in the later rounds and go get yourself a fourth round Cooper Cup, third or fourth round DeAndre Swift, you know, somebody like that that can help you go win a league at another position. So that is our hot topic for the evening here. Again, we're with Jordan Delavalle kicking off the week 10 look-aheads and recapping the week nine action. Before we get started into all those games, I'm going to give a shout-out to our friends at Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. That was your hot topic, brought to you by Bomb Banana. want to introduce you to our newest sponsor, Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. They are a brand-new banana-based hot sauce founded by four University of Michigan grads. Shouts out to the Wolverines. Their sauce is an absolute must-have at any draft or watch party. Put it on nachos, pizza, wings, or literally any dip, and you will never be forced to eat boring party food again. I promise. The sweet heat and the chili banana combo provides a truly delicious restaurant-quality flavor. They currently offer two flavors, the original with the white label and the spicier Mui Mui that comes in the red label. I'm more of a mild guy, but if you like the spice, the Mui Mui is what you want. Be super excited to officially be part of the Bomba Nation. Hashtag Bomba Nation. We hope that you'll join us there. Head over to the website, www.seekthespice.com. Use the discount code TCK at checkout to get 10% off of your order. Once again, Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. Banana-based, not banana-flavored hot sauce. Seekthespice.com. Promo code TCK. All right, Jordan, let's jump into this. I see a handful of people jumping into our comment section. Uh, Beach, I see you in there, my man. We'll get to your questions in a little bit. Fever as well. Looking for some buy low candidates I can look for on trades. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But first, Jordan, we need to recap the week nine action. Now, we're going to kind of work our way backwards as we do per usual. We're going to actually start with last night's game, the Monday night football game with the Bears and the Steelers. A much better game than I think a lot of people expected this is pittsburgh steelers at home i know they're not pittsburgh of old but pittsburgh at home on prime time they've been dominant they have an nfl best 52 wins on monday night football now including last night there that's the most by far by any nfl team and the bears looked horrendous i was on live with dweez doing our monday night show and he's a bears fan and he was like live watching the show just like dude they're Horrible. This is killing me. I'm depressed on air. This is bad news. And sure enough, Justin Fields comes out. Darnell Mooney gets two touchdowns. Allen Robinson makes an appearance, which was great to see. David Montgomery coming off the off the RER looked very good. Unfortunately, my man, Khalil Herbert now is droppable uh, with DeMont back. Um, and they got a buy this week. But Cole Komet, a season high in yards and targets with eight. He had 86 yards. Allen Robinson, season high in receiving yards, 68 Receiving yards. Mooney has a rushing touchdown and 41 yards and a receiving touchdown. David Montgomery, 63 yards. Justin Fields, just under 300 yards, 291 and a uh, passing score. Had another one called back from Jimmy Graham, eight rushes, 45 yards. Claypool hurt his toe. We'll see what happens with the MRI there. Deontay Johnson, 56 
yards on five catches. Big Ben, 205 and two. And my boy, Patty Fryermuth, getting it done. Shouts out to uh, Penn State. I know you're a Penn guy, but either way. Um, five catches, 43 yards, two touchdowns coming off the bench there. I started him in a league in, in place of TJ Hawkinson, helped win me the week there. Tied for Deontay Johnson, a team high in targets. Steelers get the win, eke it out 29-27. But the Bears showed a little bit of gut in the second half there. May have saved Pat, uh, Matt Nagy's job for another week here. But um, they had a chance to win it. Bad time management and horrendous penalties. But the Steelers, man, they're playing with fire here. Najee Harris, a touchdown of five straight games. First rookie to do that for the Steelers. Um, and 62 yards and a touchdown, another three catches for 16 yards. So actually pretty entertaining game starting in the second half. Yeah, exactly. Starting in the second half, and that's actually where you know you started to see Darnell Mooney start getting more involved. I mean, even Allen Robinson, his you mentioned his four for 68. 39 of that was also in the second half, that uh, long touchdown – or uh, Catch down the sideline. Wish it was a touchdown. Almost um, was. I know. Had to still have to start him in a couple leagues, which is is ridiculous to say and sad to admit. Um, <laughs> but but it, it's interesting that you mentioned Khalil Herbert because he's he's droppable because of how he was used in mm-hmm. um, in this game. As soon as David Montgomery was back, right? Montgomery comes back even with the bye next week, right? You usually see teams kind of ease guys back in, wait until after the bye week. Um, but even with the bye week coming up, Bears went, I think it, it was 84% snap share for, for David Montgomery. Um, with the bye week coming up, typically we would have expected that, I think, to see a little bit more around a, a 50-50, 60-40 split. Um, so it's clear that the Bears are going to use David Montgomery moving forward as long as he's healthy. So the question is, are you a believer in handcuffs? And, you know, or if you're the David Montgomery owner, if, if um, Herbert gets dropped in your league, do you pick him up if you currently have Herbert with Montgomery? Do you hold on to him? Because we saw that um, Herbert was extremely effective when the job was his. Obviously, Damian Williams seems is fully droppable if you're still holding on to him. Um, it is going to be Montgomery or Herbert moving forward, as I would expect. Um, but, I mean, looking forward outside of you know p- pretty much the known fantasy commodities for all these guys, I don't think there's anything – really to look for moving forward outside of uh, maybe Darnell Mooney becoming more involved in the Bears offense as, as Fields gets more comfortable. One thing I will say is this Pat Fryermuth thing, I think kind of started as a, yeah, that would be fun, and he's a top tight end getting drafted and blah, 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 but Eric Ebron got hurt and whatever. Mm-hmm. Eric Ebron wasn't efficient early, but Pat Fryermuth being young, trying to get you know his wings underneath him kind of a thing, had to kind of wait it out anyway because we know the tight end position for um, – Younger players in the NFL is very difficult to learn, but now that he's ready to go, we know Big Ben likes that uh, short area target and tight ends in the red zone over the years. And without Juju in there, and maybe Claypool missing time with this toe injury here, um, James Washington might you know take a bump a little bit. We saw Ray Ray McLeod get some work, but I think Pat Pryor is legit, and I mentioned him on the waiver wire show last night. He's still available in 70% of leagues, I really think you need to pick him up because I can't imagine seven, eight tight ends. I'd rather start on a weekly basis than Fryermuth. He's already had his bye week. And if you can get him, you can you can fire him up. Or even if he's a backup for you have a, another one of the top guys, you could use him to trade because I can't imagine everybody in your league has a bona fide top 12 tight end. So he might be a, a trade position. Um, or like a guy like Hawkinson, you can trade for higher value if you believe in Friar Muth there. So I like that move a lot. You mentioned 
Khalil Herbert. If I'm the Demont manager, mm-hmm. absolutely, I'm picking up Khalil Herbert. Um, I picked up Khalil Herbert in about five leagues over the last month, and I had him on the waiver show for about three weeks, and then he, you know, broke out. I I probably will drop him this week to make some changes with bye weeks and injuries and running backs or whatever, but reluctantly. Like if I can keep him on my bench yes i believe in handcuffs and i don't have a lot of demont just because my draft didn't work out that way but i do have a lot of khalil herbert and either he's a trade value piece to the david montgomery person or maybe demont gets hurt again and we saw what khalil herbert was i mean he's at least an rb2 with rb1 upside there so i like to have those guys especially the second half of the season getting ready for a playoff push so i would absolutely keep them under team if you can Okay, let's dial it back here to Sunday Night Football. Another great game. Titans went just ham on the Rams, which I didn't think anybody expected, especially without Derrick Henry, obviously. The Rams played a little bit of catch-up late, but it wasn't enough. 28-16, the Titans doing work here. The defense, absolutely crushing it lately. Five sacks against the Rams' offensive line, which is usually very good. Two interceptions, and of course, they had a touchdown there as well on that pick six. Adrian Peterson comes in. I was kind of joking on the Sunday live stream of like 10 carries, 20 yards, and a touchdown. It's pretty much exactly what he had. So two yards per carry, doesn't matter. You know AP is going to get that goal line work, 125 career touchdowns for AP. Robert Woods, seven catches, 98 yards. Cooper Cup, 11 for 95. A.J. Brown stays hot. Julio Jones doesn't do much other than be a decoy out there, but I think Tannehill is looking good moving forward. Didn't have a lot to do in this game. It's kind of a weird game script Matt Stafford did come away with a bit of a hand injury so we got to keep um keep tabs on that but I think the Rams and the Titans moving forward will be just fine how are your thoughts here on Sunday Night Football recap yeah I mean the biggest takeaway you mentioned the Rams uh, are fine moving forward obviously your Cooper Cups I mean even your Robert Woods seem fine he's been you know the slow start and then had a couple weeks where he had the end zone that, or the uh, touchdown that, that saved his, his fantasy week this week obviously has a ton of receptions and yardage, no, no touchdown as the Rams were playing catch up here uh, against the Titans. But I think either way playing from ahead or, or behind the Rams are going to be fine from a fantasy perspective. The question to me from this game is the Titans. What are you doing with the backfield? Right? Because you mentioned uh, um, Adrian Peterson, uh, there's also Jeremy McNichols was involved getting uh, a couple of those touches as well, obviously less in the red zone. Um, but Deonta Foreman's still there too. And I know we talked about him uh, on the Sunday live as well. He was the most efficient in terms of, uh, you know, yardage per carry um, moving forward. It, it's kind of tough to know what the Titans are going to do with this backfield or whether they're going to, um, you know, keep the same offense out there and wait for Derrick Henry to come back and just, plow ahead with these three and hope to be, you know, as efficient, or are they going to start to lean more on the passing game uh, in Derrick Henry's absence? I don't think they'll change the offense too much just because of the possibility of Derrick Henry coming back around uh, later in the season. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how these now three running backs, what I was hoping would be two are going to be utilized for the, for the Titans. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think they will change the off. I mean, they didn't against the Rams, And if that defense is actually going to be playing much better than people expected, then they can play kind of ground and pound. That's what the Titans want to do, and they're the best at it in football when they're able to do it. And if you're going to get 
you know, Adrian Peterson and, and McNichols to at least move the ball a little bit. And maybe you get uh, Derrick Henry back in playoffs. Like you mentioned, that could be a great asset there. So I think the Titans will be just fine. And unfortunately, as a Niners fan, I think the uh, Rams are going to take it out on my Niners next week. So uh, not, <laughs> not looking good here. I think the Rams will be just fine moving forward as well. Okay, let's move on here to the Patriots and the Panthers. The Patriots have won four of the last five games. They started one and three. Mac Jones has been quite impressive here. Not um, lighting up the league or anything, but he's just playing winning football. The defense has been playing very, very good. You expect that under Bill Belichick. They always kind of start slow. They did this with Brady for 20 years. They, they kind of start slow and just like, oh, is this the Patriots of old, blah, 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 and then about this time of year, they like click the gear, everything starts to work out, everyone buys into the system, and then they basically run the second half of the season here. So, you know, don't look now. I mean, if the Bills game, which we'll get to, was kind of a, a joke. They obviously looked over Jacksonville. But um, the Patriots could be looking at at least a wild card spot, and Foxborough is not a place I would want to play come December, January. So that could be interesting. Christian McCaffrey does return, 106 total yards, four catches, 54 yards, not quite a massive CMC game, but he does come back with 106 total yards. Again, Patriots playing very well, beating the Panthers 24-6. to six. Sam Darnold, three picks. Damian Harris, 15 carries, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson had a very good game in relief, but then he got a concussion. Both guys get hurt. Brandon Bolden comes in. J.J. Taylor on the waiver wire. He's, only avail he's available in 99% of leagues. Jordan. What do you want to do with this backfield here? Because obviously you want the Patriots running back. It's been Damian Harris for most of the season. But if he's going to miss time at all or they're going to mix it up and Stevenson's out, do you want Bolden? Do you want Taylor? Do you want to stick away from it? What are we going to do here? And then can we trust the Panthers passing game? We had a trade uh, question last night on the show about DJ Moore, and we said, yes, I mean, he'll get the targets, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know if I'm as confident in that anymore, really, because Sam Darnold's just not playing well. P.J. Walker's not going to be much better. Robbie Anderson hasn't done anything, and I just am not sure we can count on the passing game other than Christian McCaffrey, but I don't think that's going to be enough for the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I think for the Panthers, obviously, CMC, especially if you drafted him and still have him, you have to start Christian McCaffrey when he's playing, um, and he's going to be a solid start for you just based on the pure volume and uh, target share that he's going to get out of the backfield um, for the Panthers. DJ Moore too. I mean, even in this game where he went, I think like three for 30 or so um, in the terrible game by Sam Darnold, we always talk about how Belichick and the Patriots take away that number one option. You can argue whether or not that was Christian McCaffrey. I mean, 106 yards didn't really limit him. Um, but in terms of Christian McCaffrey kind of, kind of limited. Yeah. Um, but DJ Moore was limited too, and but still had seven targets. And, you know, if you're going to be getting that consistent target, uh, you know, basis week in and week out, like you mentioned, there's no one else really in this Carolina offense that you can look to outside of uh, DJ Moore from a wide receiver standpoint, Robbie Anderson's not great. Uh, no tight end to speak of really. Um, and so if you have DJ Moore, I'm, I'm comfortable starting him even with a, a lackluster, uh, quarterback performance, whether it is Sam Darnold or even P.J. Walker. Um, to answer the, the question of the um, Patriots running back situation, they play the Browns next week. Yeah. And so if you're looking at picking up a Patriots running back because Harris and Stevenson miss, I mean, obviously, if one of them is in, I want one of those two. Um, if they were to both miss, I don't know. I kind of lean towards Brandon Bolden and what I would expect that game script to be against the Browns. Um, 
but I do think it would be it's going to be a split um, a split role between uh, Bolden and JJ Taylor. I don't think either's really a, a great start, uh, depending on what your other options are on your team. Yeah, I agree. And again, the the Patriots backfield is always difficult to decipher. Hopefully, obviously, we'll know more as the week progresses here. But just a heads up, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson both did get uh, beat up in this game, so we'll have to uh, see what we can do moving forward. All right, let's move on to the Raiders and Bobby's Giants. The Giants have won four of the last five games against the Raiders. Darren Waller, seven catches, 92 yards. We had just kind of mentioned earlier, I mentioned tongue-in-cheek, that he's barely had 19 targets since 19 targets for week one. This was a a real nice bounce-back game for him off of the bye week, almost 100 yards, seven catches. Love to see that. Hunter Renfro, we had mentioned it all Sunday morning. He might step up big time. Of course, I wanted Brian Edwards like everybody else, but Brian Edwards, you know, four targets, no receptions. So he unfortunately is just going to have to wait. Hunter Renfro, those seven catches, 49 yards, does get a touchdown there. So great floor, and he gets that touchdown. Love that in PPR. Devontae Booker has a nice game, filling in for Saquon again, 99 rushing yards. And then Evan Ingram, two weeks in a row here, getting a touchdown. Can we trust him at this point as a streaming tight end? Because Kadarius Tony falls off again. Kenny Galladay falls off again. Daniel Jones hit or miss. Saquon, again, I'm just I'm tired of trying to uh, guess when he is going to play. Of course, just like CMC, if he plays, you start him-ish. Uh, but I think we're, we're long gone from the uh, Saquon days of old as of right now. So I'm not as confident there. But the Raiders are looking pretty good. Josh Jacobs, uh, to my chagrin, um, has another decent game. Terribly inefficient. So I stand corrected on the touchdowns because he just keeps scoring on accident, still not efficient. And again, Kenyon Drake outproduces him uh, through the air and overall in fantasy points, but nobody uh, seems to care there. Shots on Raiders and Giants. I was surprised it took you that long through the game recap to mention trying to be nice. your boy Kenyon Drake. I'm, I'm trying to six be nice. For, six for 70 in the receiving game. I mean, that's what you wanted out of Brian Edwards, and you got. I'm not much. I'm not much of a gloater, Jordan. So I'm trying to. I'm trying to make you know stay professional here. I'll, I'll I'll fill it for you. I mean, obviously with with the rugs news, and we wanted to see the first game of you know who's going to take over here. Waller is uh, Darren Waller, and you mentioned that he didn't have 19 targets, but not many tight ends, not many wide receivers, not, not many players are getting 19 targets on a on a weekly basis. Anyway, I think we can kind of uh, file away week one as an outlier, but um, this is kind of what you want to see from Darren Waller. Obviously he doesn't get the touchdown, but if he did, we'd be talking about uh, Darren Waller, you know, reemerging and, um, you know, kind of picking up the volume that was lost. But um, you mentioned uh, Hunter Renfro with the solid PPR volume, but yeah, the the real disappointment was Brian Edwards. Um, And, you know, the goose hurts in terms of like putting up zero fantasy points. I started him in my, in my high school home league. Um, but I think he's still someone to hold on to um, because you've seen what the top receiver in, in uh, this Raiders offense and for Derek Carr can do. And so, yes, this week it was Waller and Kenyon Drake and Hunter Renfro. But I do think that there's a, at least a non-zero chance that Brian Edwards starts to emerge as a, a top receiving threat for this this Raiders offense. Man, I hope so. I'm a big Brian Edwards guy. When he came out of South Carolina, I was really pumped for him not to land on the Raiders because I just don't think they're a, a, a pass-friendly offense 
in general. Derek Carr is very good. I mentioned him preseason as one of my sleepers in that division because, you know, I think he's like fourth in the NFL right now in deep throws over 20 yards uh, in efficiency and accuracy. So he can do it. They bring in Deshaun Jackson. We'll see how that goes um, as of that, that Henry Ruggs filler. Um, but just the overall team isn't really that style. So we'll see what happens. Okay, let's move on to the Falcons and the Saints here. My man, Young Way Koo, gets that game winner 29-yard field goal as time expires the Falcons get another win man it, the Falcons it's got to be tough being a Falcons fan right now because they either lose by like four touchdowns or they're leading the entire game get behind in the fourth quarter and then you just have to count on Matt Ryan garbage time to drive down the field and get a last second score that seems to be the formula every single week Cordero Patterson the best kick returning running back of all time other than maybe Gail Sayers I suppose Six receptions, 126 yards, stays hot. Olamati Zacchaeus steps in. Nobody started him in fantasy, unfortunately. Three catches, two of those go for touchdowns, 58 yards receiving. Russell Gage, who some of us were like, yeah, man, I mean, Russell Gage, the number one, blah, blah, blah. He's not. Kyle Pitts stays quiet as well. Although he, man, the first play of the game, he had a 40-yard reception go right through his hands, and then he basically caught a 39-yarder later on that drive. Could have had an absolute monster day. His days are coming. I think he's a great tight end moving forward, obviously. Kamara, 104 total yards, four catches, 54 yards. Falcons get the win close here. Young Waku, last second. Field goal for the win over the Saints, who beat the Buccaneers, lose to the Falcons. Divisional games are always crazy, man. 27-25 Falcons. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting to hear. Like, I know that Gage is never going to – like he's not the number one wide receiver. Like He's not your, your stud wide receiver. I think Pitts fills that role for this offense even – with the tight end designation, right? But Gage did lead the team in targets in this game. He out, out-targeted Pitts, he out-targeted Zacchaeus, uh, but, uh, and Patterson as well. Um, so, I mean, he is an interesting stash. I mean, Zacchaeus had the good fantasy, you know, output with the two touchdowns, but I think Gage is a good stash here. It, obviously, you're not, you're probably not going to be able to trade for Pitts, uh, and I also wouldn't sell him high. I agree with you that his days are coming. He also dropped a, a touchdown in this in this one as well. Um, but I do think Gage is interesting because the Falcons have shown that they're just not going to run the ball, whether it's because they're down and playing catch up, or because Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson really aren't going to get many rushes out of the back uh, out of the backfield. Patterson's been a good uh, fantasy running back but it's been pretty much all receiving work, right? Um, and so I think on a weekly basis, there's going to be three receiving uh, options for the Falcons here that you could probably start. The question is going to be which one of which one or two of the three are going to actually produce, right? Uh, in this week, it was Patterson, Pitts, and I don't know, Zacchaeus with the two touchdowns, obviously. Right. It doesn't help that Mike Davis is terrible. <laughs> they don't have a running back. Like literally, I mean, Mike Davis is bad. He's, he's terribly inefficient. Um, I've, I've been over, you know, again, I, I tried to stay away from the uh, Kenyon Drake because, you know, I like to save my victory laps, quote unquote, as they say until after the season. Um, so I like to, you know, stay away from those as best I can in the middle of the season. But one thing that I've said multiple times here, just because I think it matters to look ahead is I was off about five middle round, third, fourth, fifth round running backs that, the fantasy community was super hot on because of their opportunity and work share Gaskins and Jacobs and, and Mike Davis and some others. The only one, Mike, uh, Miles Sanders as well. The only one I missed out on was uh, DeAndre Swift 
And I stand by my claim preseason because he had that groin injury and I just was worried about his health. Obviously, the kid's a, a beast, so I missed on that one. But Mike Davis didn't do much in Carolina. Yes, he was good, but he wasn't Christian McCaffrey. And in the second half, he completely faded away, basically, because he couldn't hold up. He's never been able to hold a workload, comes into Atlanta. They bring in nobody, so he gets the work share. But now they're using yeah. a wide receiver, a kick returner to take his place. So very tough uh, sledding there for, for Mike Davis, folks. Okay, Broncos, Cowboys. This one was over immediately and not the direction uh, uh, people thought it was uh, going to go. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say not the direction you wanted it to go. And a lot of people. It was the direction I wanted it to go. If you're an Eagles fan, you're absolutely fired up on this. If you're a Cowboys fan, you're scratching your head. Um, Cowboys come in 6-1. and one. They're now you know, 6-2, and two, so I, I think they're, they're still just fine in that division as of right now. The Broncos come in at 500. They're now 5-4, and four, so looking really good here, uh, heading into a um, uh, 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 bye week coming in here soon. The Broncos get the win 30-16, to 16, but the, they were up 30 nothing at one point, and then basically garbage time and Dak or whatever got them a couple touchdowns last minute, but Zeke got beat up in this game, left the game, comes back in garbage time when the game was over. I thought that was a really bad coaching move just because it was over and you're risking basically, you know, your top end running back at that point. Um, Amari Cooper, a couple of good catches, but a low fantasy game. CeeDee Lamb disappeared. Tony Pollard wasn't existent. Schultz either. And Dak had garbage time there. So interesting situation for the Cowboys. They'll be fine moving forward, but it was a bad day for sure. Now on the other side, my boy, Javante Williams, another guy I was punting in the middle rounds there at running back was Melvin Gordon. Now, he scores touchdowns every week, so he is staying afloat. But 20 carries for 80 yards, okay? Four yards per carry, whatever. But 20 carries. <laughs> 20 carries for 80 yards. He does get a touchdown. My boy, Javante Williams, 17 carries, 111 yards. Three less carries, 31 more rushing yards. I digress. Tim Patrick holds it strong here. Four catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Jerry Judy has outpaced both Sutton and Patrick since he's been back but it's been Patrick scoring the touchdowns and still getting the work. He's available on waivers as well. Cortland Sutton has drastically fallen off. Albert O, we expected to be a good streamer, kind of a down week for him too with Noah Fan out. So how do we feel about the Cowboys? I know you're an Eagles fan and you're stoked as a fan. As a fantasy analyst, are you worried at all about Dallas or is this just kind of knocking off the rust with Dak and blah, 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 they'll be fine. And the Broncos, it's 50-50 in the backfield. What do we do with the receivers though? Yeah, I mean, for Dallas, I don't think you're concerned at all moving forward. I also haven't looked at their schedule recently, but, I mean, they still have to play the NFC East a couple more times. Like, you get Washington, you get the Giants, and you you get my beloved Eagles um, that are going to be great fantasy output games uh, in those matchups. Um, so not too worried about the Cowboys. I mean, really the only thing is going to be potential injury to any of these guys. Um, but even in, in Lamb's down game, had nine targets this week. Um, so not too worried about any of the fantasy options, um, for Dallas, um, on the flip side, I am a little bit worried about Cortland Sutton because he did have those good, good middle stretch weeks when Jerry Judy was out and he was the one, but like you mentioned, um, as soon as Judy's been back, uh, you know, this week goes, I think six for 70 or so, I mean, has, has been the one and, and was the one, the, uh, while he was healthy early on in the season. Um, so I'm buying Judy. I, I'm, I'm worried about Sutton. The interesting thing about Tim Patrick is he's had a couple good weeks here um, 
the last couple of weeks because of the touchdowns, right? But we know that the touchdowns are one of the least uh, consistent or at least, you know, sticky stats in terms of like a week to week performance. Um, you know, without that, the touchdown here, he goes like four for 70 or so, something like that. And that's, you know, kind of what you expect out of Tim Patrick of like the 11 to 14 PPR points, which is fine for a filler week on any bye weeks, but you're certainly not going to be your, your number two or uh, God forbid your number one wide receiver on your fantasy team. Oh, mute Sky. The Denver Broncos were a surprising upset this week, but they have dominated the Cowboys in the last handful of years. They have won seven straight games against the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, dating back to Romo and Peyton Manning, they've had a long, you know, they don't play each other every year. Of course, they're in different leagues. Um, so they only play each other every couple of years. But over the last handful of years, Broncos have owned the Dallas Cowboys. Interesting there. If you're a Cowboys fan and the stress is leading to early hair loss, perhaps our good friends at Carafactor can help you out. Here's a quick commercial from them. Jordan and I will be right back with the rest of our Week 9 recaps. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carafactor. Carafactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Carafactor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarafactor.com. That's shop.mykerafactor.com. Carafactor, skincare for hair. All right, let's move on to the Browns and the Bengals. 41-16 Browns putting the hurt up on the Bengals. They get rid of Odell Beckham, and they go ham. This is kind of what we had talked about Sunday morning, tongue-in-cheek a little bit, but now Baker's set free. I'm only talking about Odell Beckham being set free. I think it's more like a Baker Mayfield situation here where he doesn't have to deal with that drama. My boy, Nicky Chubb, 14 carries, 137 yards, a big 70-yard touchdown as well, two touchdowns. On the day now, he has been confirmed to test positive for COVID. That whole running back room has as well. The only active running back I know of right now, we're recording on Tuesday, is Dearness Johnson. Kareem Hunt still out on IR. Demetric Felton also out with COVID as well. Now we have a question in our comment section. I want to get to uh, right now. Are we worried about Nick Chubb? Do we think he plays? This week, he is vaccinated, so he just has to basically test negative in back-to-back tests throughout the week. If he can do that, then he will be able to play. So hopefully he will be able to play. But if he doesn't, take a look to see if Dearness Johnson is still available on your waivers. Great game from Nick Chubb, though, in this one. Donovan Peoples-Jones, I called him out in the Sunday morning live show. 
and caught a 60-yard bomb right off the bat. Just one catch, 26 yards after that, but he did have that long touchdown. So I think he will be that number one deep threat moving forward for the Browns moving forward. And then Jomaine Mixon, 110 total yards, two touchdowns, five catches, 46 yards. So we love that from Joe Mixon getting the work again. And efficiency hasn't been very good for Mixon, but the volume is king in fantasy football, and he is certainly getting that there. Chase could have had a bigger game. I called out a T. Higgy game in the Sunday morning live stream. Sure enough, it was Tyler Boyd still an afterthought here, but the Browns looked really, really good in this one. The Bengals phoned it in early. I think both offenses will be just fine moving forward, but the Browns defense really showed up in this one as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, pretty much the key takeaways here, that, um, you know, is what are the Browns receiving options now look like? Odell's gone, but didn't really take much with him, right? Um, we talked about Ruggs leaving the the Raiders and that being the pretty much number one, 1A, B with, with Ruggs, or uh, sorry, Renfro there. Um, Odell was was not really taking much with him, wasn't really the the target uh, hog per se in, in this offense. Um, but People's Jones uh, for now, um, and then you know, kind of that tight end room. I don't, I don't know what to do with that tight end room. You have you have Njoku and, and Hooper. Neither really uh, living up to to what I think they could in terms of like a talent level. Um, and I think really the the fancy options here for the Browns are pretty much whoever doesn't have COVID and whoever's not injured out of that running back room. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Baker Mayfield second most quarterback wins with 27 second most in the first four seasons in Brown's history. Now we know that they have about a 30 year run here of terrible quarterbacks, no disrespect to those gentlemen as individuals, uh, but they have not exactly had a good run of wins. So Baker Mayfield now uh, looking good there for the Browns long-term. All right, let's move into easily the upset of the entire season this year here. I, I do think it's a, uh, you know, rinse your hands. The Bills will be fine next week, um, and Jacksonville may not win another game this week or this year. But the Bills upset by Jacksonville, nine to six. No touchdowns in this game. Jacksonville has three field goals. That's enough to beat the Bills. In this game, they had their first field goal on U.S. soil, which I thought was really funny. The only other field goal they've had this year was three in London, and uh, now they get uh, three on Sunday to beat the Bills here. Dig six catches, 85 yards. Carlos Hyde filling in for James Robinson, a late scratch. 21 carries, 67 yards, but a stout defense there, obviously. And really, I mean, you got to give it to Jacksonville. There was so much talk on the on the games uh, recording there. It was, it was obnoxious at the end there. I mean, Scott Hansen's favorite thing of the whole weekend was this Josh Allen, Josh Allen thing. But give it to Josh Allen, the defender, and the Jacksonville defense really kept Josh Allen, the quarterback, and the Bills offense in check here. They played very, very well there. So very impressive move here from Jacksonville. I don't think that keeps up weekly. And the Bills, I think, just slept on Jacksonville looking ahead. That happens in the NFL. They got shellacked, weren't paying attention. I think they're going to be just fine next week. Probably a huge bounce-back game, a 50-burger probably coming for Buffalo moving forward here. But got to give it to Jacksonville, get their second win of the season. Yeah, and it's funny, the whole game you were kind of sitting there and Bills, again, start slow. Obviously, the whole game was slow for that Bills offense, but it was like the third week in a row where the first half, the Bills offense was slow, and you're kind of like, all right, what? They're, Josh Allen's going to throw for 303. When's it going to happen? And it just it just never did. 
uh, weird game for the Bills offense. Um, again, like you said, not something that we are going to expect to continue moving forward. But the one thing that I would continue to expect moving forward on the flip side uh, of this game is Dan Arnold being uh, very involved in this Jaguars pass offense, right? Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chanel, Jamal Agnew, no one from that wide receiving room has really stepped up and, you know, separated themselves as A, not only a fantasy asset, but B, uh, the lead guy in that pass game for the Jaguars offense. And so uh, I'm, I'm interested to see if Dan Arnold obviously comes over um, from the Panthers earlier this season um, and has really filled in uh, nicely for, for that offense. Um, I totally I totally agree. And again, if you're looking for streaming tight ends, you want somebody getting volume. Dan Arnold's going to get you five catches for 50 yards, which I know isn't super impressive. But in PPR, that's 10 points, 9, 10 points on a floor there. I know it's not amazing, but if he accidentally scores, that bumps up to 16 right away. And and for the tight end position outside of the big dogs, like that's a massive advantage. Look, Pat Fryermuth, right? Not a huge, uh, impressive stat line, but he got two touchdowns, and that swings – matches immediately when you have somebody filling in like that. So I, I think that's a great call uh, with Dan Arnold. And he has been very, very effective since coming over. Mm-hmm. And with DJ Chark being out, he's going to be, I think, the number two behind Marvin Jones. And Mar- God, Marvin Jones, man, this guy, he's played with some bad quarterbacks. I mean, obviously he had Matt Stafford for a handful yep. of years, Andy Dalton earlier in his career when Andy was still good. But Marvin Jones, man, great under underrated receiver, constantly open. And uh, Lawrence missed him a number of times. Trevor Lawrence and Sam Darnold are two rookie quarterbacks to beat the Bills under Sean McDermott. So the Bills pretty much invincible otherwise, but uh, two flubs when they overlook the Jets with Sam Darnold and the Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. Okay, let's move on here to the Texans and the Dolphins. Yikes. This was the uh, the fight of the one in seven squads. Dolphins get the win here 17 to 9, but doesn't really count beating the Texans. Terod Taylor, three picks. Now, I always trust Bobby's analysis. Obviously, he he has his reasonings for doing things, but we had constantly had questions about Terod Taylor, um, you know, Jacoby Brissett, other streaming quarterbacks. And it was just like I couldn't pick Terod Taylor because I was worried about his non-rushing ability going on IR for a hamstring issue. Terod Taylor's not a good enough NFL quarterback, in my opinion, to win fantasy matches through the air. He's got to run, and he wasn't able to run because of a hamstring. They bottled him up, three picks. Obviously, he was a dud there, unfortunately. Cooks, six catches, 56 yards. That's pretty much his floor. Love that. Jalen Waddell, eight catches, 83 yards. And Miles Gaskin scores again here. Got a ton of work in this one. I don't necessarily love him moving forward, but if you need a you know, uh, startable RB3, RB2, Miles Gaskin could be uh, bought on the cheap here right now if you need somebody. So Dolphins, Texans, uh, Dolphins get the win here, 17-9. Yeah, and, um, you know, you mentioned Tyrod Taylor and going back to our preseason bold calls and or crazy calls and bold predictions episode, I talked about how Tyrod Taylor has not, you know, his peak performance as a quarterback obviously was as a rushing quarterback back when the bills and I think it was like 15 to 17 and just his ability to supply fantasy points for the wide receiver position was essentially non-existent with the exception of one season where uh, one receiver was like a viable fantasy option. And that's kind of what we're starting to see with Brandon cooks. I mean, I thought it would 
flip the other way and Brandon Cooks would not, you know, uh, would drop off. I think I said top 36 or top 50 wide receivers um, with Tyrod Taylor as his quarterback. Um, and so it, it's kind of flipping the other way where if Tyrod Taylor is going to supply any passing volume, it's going to be Brandon Cooks. I mean, the other receiving options in this game, Brandon Cooks had 13 of 39 targets. He had a third of a 33% target share in this game. Um, the passing volume is just going to go through Brandon Cooks. I don't want to start anyone else uh, for fantasy on this Texans team. You're on mute, Sky. Trying to be professional here. My, my, my puppy is going nuts on the squeak toy downstairs. So I mute, and then I forget, and I, I come back in. So apologies for that. Um, when we're streaming live on ESPN in a few years, like this won't be an issue. I'll have a producer <laughs> to handle my, my mutes. So I won't have to worry about that. So if you're a, a producer, let me know and you can jump on the show. Um, the Houston Texans have lost eight straight games, longest active streak since 2013 pre Deshaun Watson, of course. And, uh, look, they're on pace like Jacksonville was last year. They won opening day, uh, coincidentally against Jacksonville, and then they go and lose out. And uh, they're looking for that number one pick, and uh, it might be my boy Kayvon Thibodeau out of the out of Oregon. I'm just throwing that out there. The dude's a beast. Right now, he's Todd McShay's number one draft pick. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, could be the new JJ Watt there for Houston for years to come. All right, Minnesota Vikings and Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens squeak this one out in overtime. Justin Tucker hits the game winner here, 34. 31 went back and forth. The, the Ravens had a chance in overtime, didn't score. The Vikings had a chance, didn't score. Come back, pick it up on a fourth down. Then they go kick the game winner here, get it done. Baltimore Ravens have won 12 straight games versus the NFC. That's the longest active streak in the NFL. Lamar Jackson, 266 yards, three touchdowns, 120 rushing yards. This dude is, is doing very well as a passer this year, his best season passing but he's still just absolutely unbelievable on the ground when he needs to be phenomenal. Hollywood Brown, nine catches, 116 through the air. A lot of that coming late. Le'Veon Bell sighting, Jordan. like to see that. The ghost of Le'Veon Bell scores a TD here. Dalvin Cook, 17 carries, 110 yards. One of them was a big run there. And Justin Jefferson, three catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Thielen held in check in this one. My boy, Rashad Bateman. Didn't blow up yet, but it is coming. I mentioned him. He's my number one waiver claim for like the eighth week in a row. 70% availability. He is going to break out eventually. I want him on my team. He had another play overthrown and another big catch uh, called back per usual here for uh, the Ravens. But big impressive win for the Ravens. And again, like the Falcons, the Vikings play tough, 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 tough games. They just can't squeeze them out here. So five and two. Uh, Ravens go in and uh, beat Minnesota there, and uh, they're six and two now, man, and they're they're up at the tops there with Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you said you love the Le'Veon Bell sighting. I hate it. Um, it's it's because <laughs> it's th- just fun because he used to be Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, absolutely, but <laughs> at this point, like Devonta Freeman used to be Devonta exactly. Freeman. Like exactly. we, I just want as a fancy like. I mean, I get they're both you know veterans and probably trying to manage workload and mitigate against another running back injury. Latavius Murray isn't even there. So it's going to get worse when he comes back. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned Lamar Jackson has a 20, 120 rush yards. So did the Baltimore Ravens running back. They just (laughs) split it. And then only one of them gets a touchdown. And that's where it's frustrating because I don't think anyone really started Le'Veon Bell. I mean, 
maybe if you happen to have a, a last minute, you know, pivot or, or someone got injured, but you're probably, you probably didn't, maybe you started Freeman, but this is what happens when you have to start a Ravens running back is you start Freeman. If he doesn't get the, if he's not the one with the touchdown, you end up with what seven, eight fantasy points mm-hmm. uh, because neither of them are involved in the pass game uh, here for, for Baltimore. That's pretty much strictly Hollywood uh, Andrews and, and now your boy Bateman. Right. Bateman's coming, folks. I know I've been saying that for a month. It is on its way. Don't miss out. All right, let's go to the Chargers and Jordan's Eagles here. Tough one for the Eagles. Another close call. The Chargers get the win on the road, 27-24. Justin Herbert, 356 and two touchdowns. He had a rushing TD as well. Keenan Allen, 12 catches, 104 yards here. Mike Williams banged up in the beginning here. Devonta Smith, five catches, 116 in the touchdown. Gotta love that. If you're an Eagles fan, this kid's gonna be great for a long time. Jordan Howard, my goodness, 17 carries, 71 yards in the touchdown. Kenny Gainwell did score, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. But Jordan Howard, the lead back here, all of a sudden out of nowhere, 17 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Goddard held in check in this one as well. Dustin Hopkins, go ahead, field goal with two seconds left to beat Philadelphia for the Chargers. Yeah, I remember on our Sunday Live, we kept getting Boston Scott or Boston Scott or Boston Scott or questions. And in the right situations, I, I don't remember who I picked them over, uh, and I'm not going to say who I did, even if I uh, remembered who. But uh, I said, I was like, I'm hyping up Boston Scott too much. He's gonna, It's going to be a down week. I thought it was going to be your boy Gainwell, who, who did score, like you mentioned. But, I mean, at this point, as an Eagles fan and as a fantasy football uh, player and analyst, I kind of want Miles Sanders back. I mean, if you put Miles Sanders into this type of workload, I mean, he's got to be more talented at this point in his career than Jordan Howard is, than, uh, you know, a Boston Scott. You combine, you know, the workload that those two are getting into Miles Sanders, um, you know, things are looking up for, uh, for Miles. Um in the running back room, not being split among so many running backs and in, in the Eagles. Um, so no, he's coming back. If you had a, an IR slot, you probably moved him to your IR slot. Um, I doubt many people would have dropped him, uh, you know, going into this injury, but I guess it's possible if someone absolutely needed to drop him, but for the most part, he should be, um, should be owned. But uh, I know earlier we saw a buy low candidate. Miles Sanders might be that buy low candidate for me. And I'm not saying that as an Eagles fan. I'm saying that as someone who Miles Sanders, when he was healthy, did not perform up to expectations. Mm-hmm. And so the Miles Sanders owner is probably already disappointed. You add to the fact that he's coming back off of injury. Um, and so still don't know how he's going to perform. I'm just looking at the opportunity and how the Eagles running backs are currently performing. And I could, you know, I think you would buy Miles Sanders lower than what he could uh, perform at coming back off the IR. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I've been pretty pretty loud about not being interested in Miles Sanders, but that's because Sirianni wasn't using the running back position properly, in my opinion. If they're going to do this and you give Miles Sanders six, you know, 17 carries, you're right. He probably has more than 71 yards and hopefully multiple scores with his talent. So let's hope that, but I just can't trust it yet, man. I can't trust it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I- I've spent too long on the Miles Sanders soapbox to uh, just jump off because Jordan Howard is getting it done. I said Kenny Gamble would have four touchdowns. I was three off, unfortunately, but he did get in there. All right, a couple more games here. Cardinals 
whooping up on my Niners, unfortunately. And this is without Kyler Murray, so it stings a little deep. With Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, I expected 31-17 shellacking. Not a problem. Nuke and, and Kyler are out. I'm like, you know what? We might only lose by a field goal. Nope. Colt McCoy gets done. Defense absolutely unbelievable. Jimmy Garoppolo still bad. That's right, folks. Trey Lance should be in sooner than later. And you just can't account for the talent of three touchdown James Conner. What are the Niners thinking here? James Conner, 96 rushing yards, two touchdowns, a 40-yard receiving touchdown, 77 total receiving yards. Christian Kirk, who Bobby had put in early on the Sunday Live show, said he was going to step up big. He did. Six catches, 91 yards. Kittle returned. Six catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Love that from Kittle. Ayuk, six catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. If you've been waiting on Ayuk, I think now is the time. He's out of the doghouse. Him and Shanahan had a powwow. Things are cool. We're good to move forward here. And I think Ayuk is going to be just fine moving forward as a streaming wide receiver on bye weeks. Kyler will come back. Nuke will come back. I think the Arizona Cardinals will be just fine. But give it to Colt McCoy, man. Career backup in the NFL, but comes in, does his job. Huge division win here for the Cardinals to go to 8-1. and one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know there's also, I think, a, still a question whether or not Kyler and Hopkins are back for, for the following yeah. week. Um, and so interesting to, you know, target. I, I wouldn't say I'm targeting Colt McCoy, um, but he did prove that he's, you know, at least going to be viable for fantasy if Kyler is out. Um, it's the question of uh, are there any other streaming options this week of who's available on your waiver wire um, instead of playing uh, Colt McCoy next week. Outside of that, I mean, uh, Edmonds obviously goes down with the injury, uh, which is really upsetting, especially if you started Edmonds. He, he had a, a a good week, a good expected week. Obviously, seeing what James Conner did, you would have said, eh, Edmonds probably could have had a, at least one of those touchdowns and given you a good week. You, you walk away with three yards is, is pretty tough to swallow, but that's just the nature of football sometimes. Um, so got to keep an eye on, uh, obviously, Edmonds um, and his injury. Um, but right, right part, now he's right now he's set to miss m- multiple weeks. Yeah. So not looking good. And, and, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but we did mention, Eno Benjamin mm-hmm. as well. Uh, previous seventh rounder out of Arizona state. Uh, love that kid playing for the sun devils. Of course, I'm a pac 12 guy. So I watch a lot of these, um, you know, extra, uh, late rounders here from the pac 12, but, um, kids legit. And if he gets that early down workload with James Connor, I think he can be a streamable, running back asset to pick up alongside uh, James Conner. If you believe in Edmonds, I think, you know, Benjamin can do the same. All right. Now Niners are going to be tough. Um, If Trey Lance comes in, I think he is a viable start, Um, but we'll see what happens with this pass catching weapons there. The Arizona Cardinals are, they have 30 plus points in all five of their road games this year. Absolutely dominant. Last game, Packers, Chiefs. Chiefs get the win 13 to 7. Super ugly football game. You would expect the Chiefs to come in, whoop on the Packers that don't have Aaron Rodgers. They have kind of a half-assed Devontae Adams because they don't have Rodgers. Aaron Jones disappeared in this game. AJ Dillon had a good effort, but um, not what they needed here. Rodgers should be back. Some controversy with his vaccination and blah, blah, blah. But he should be back this week. Um Devontae Adams, just 42 yards. Jordan Love does not step up to the plate the way that I thought he would. I had a last-second scratch 
for Kyler Murray in a league. So I had to go to the waiver wire, pick somebody up. Someone in my league had picked up Jordan Love in like the five minutes I looked away from the waiver wire to go pick somebody up. So I settled on Justin Fields reluctantly against the Steelers. I was like, no, <laughs> worked out. I ended up getting the W. I was pretty, pretty stoked in the long run there. So that one worked out. Um, Daryl Williams, 19 rushes, 70 yards again. He's the filler there, not Derek Gore. Kelsey, five catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Mahomes has been real tough, and Tyreek Hill is usually pretty nice there, but kind of a down week. Interesting here. The Chiefs, as we know, are 5-4 and four on the season. They're 4-0 and oh versus the NFC, and they're 1-4 and four versus the AFC. I just thought that was interesting there, though. Um, throw this one out for the Packers, but thoughts on the Packers and Chiefs game? Yeah, definitely throw it out. I mean, even Devontae Adams, 14 targets, just – when Jordan loves your same quarterback. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and same thing with Aaron Jones. Um, and now AJ Dillon's starting to be more involved, even in this game, uh, was pretty involved in both the, the rush and pass offense uh, for the Packers. So I expect a full bounce back for this offense, obviously, once Rodgers is back. Kansas City's defense, although not even great, uh, when you have Jordan Love as the quarterback trying to beat you, uh, the thought process is, make Jordan Love beat us. And if he beats us, you tip your cap or you adjust your, your defensive scheme going into the second half. But for the most part, you can absolutely key in on uh, the rush offense and stopping the run and making, uh, making Jordan Love beat you. So throw it out for the, for the Packers. The Chiefs offense man, is, is concerning. You mentioned earlier that Kelsey's the tight end one, just not the same tight end one that he was years ago. He's not separating himself from the pack, um, nor even like the top three. He's not seventh pick overall tight end no. one is what I'm saying. He's good, yeah. but he's not He's not pick him over Devontae Adams good. Right. Yep. Although uh, in this game. Well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, it's one of those things where I don't want to really buy low on any of the Chiefs because it, it, it hasn't been one game. It's not like two games. It's it's kind of been all year. It's been, a, it's been a month at least. Yeah. Tyree Kill Tyree Kill's the only one because he gets 12 targets a game. And 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 surprisingly enough, it's actually been Daryl Williams, obviously, has mm-hmm. been sufficient, but you're not going to have him season uh, the rest of the season because Clyde's going to come back, presumably. And mm-hmm. as long as he's healthy, then the question is, do they split? Is it all back to Clyde like Demont was with that's Herbert? A, that's an interesting so... question to dive into next week when we get into our and I'll preface this really quickly. I'll get into it. We got a question here, but we are going to have our second half predictions and things coming up next week. Um, kind of a teaser there. And Clyde is going to have to come up because that's a big situation with the, the lack of the Chiefs offense, yep. the lack of Clyde, frankly, and Daryl Williams and even Derek Co- uh, Gore have stepped up in their opportunity there. So it's going to be interesting as well. Yep. Okay. That wraps up our week nine recaps and looking ahead to week 10. Buck and Bob coming up tomorrow with all of your streamers, of course, starts of the week and whatnot. We do have a handful of questions. We're running overtime a little bit, so we're going to blaze through these quickly here. Beach is in the chat room, of course. Appreciate you, Beach. Thank you so much. We're going to bring this on up really quick. Um, is Jamar Chase or Mike Evans for Cook or Eckler fair if the owner of the Cook Eckler has both Darrell Henderson and running backs has a weak receiving course? So basically – is it fair? And these these fair ones are weird because fair is relative. But Jordan, like in a nutshell vacuum, Jamar Chase or Evans for Cook or Eckler, is that quote unquote fair to you if that person has Henderson and needs a wide receiver? Yeah, like you mentioned, fair is very relative. If I'm the Cook Eckler Henderson or subjective, is that a better word? Subjective, subjective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
if I'm the Cook Eckler Henderson owner and I'm, you know, and I can only start two running backs, I, I, maybe there's not a flex or it's a one RB one flex. And so I can't start all three and one's just racking up 15 to 20 points on my bench. And I'm starting the likes of, uh, Quez Alan, Robinson? Alan Robinson. Yep. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Then yeah, may, maybe I'm willing to make that move. And so if you're asking if it's fair for you to send it, I'd, I'd send it because you never know. And, and it's always worth the shot. The worst case scenario is it starts trade talks or you just get, you know, a, a rejection and you say, Hey, I thought you needed, you know, that you'd want to, you'd want the wide receiver. I think the most fair trade out of this is probably uh, Jamar chase for Henderson. I agree. Um, so if you're going to, you know, be the, the righteous altruistic owner, uh, that'd be the offer that I send or at least start with. That's interesting. You said I was literally going to, couple that once you once you finish there and just basically be say cook and Eckler for one of those guys I would not do if I had all three of those running backs I would get rid of Henderson and look for Jamar Chase if not then Mike Mike Evans but I would keep uh cook and Eckler if you possibly can all right fever coming up here I'm gonna put a pin in this one who are some what are some buy low candidates I can look for I hate to put a pin in this because I just will though because all of our research on the show isn't done yet um I'm going to put a sneak attack here and kind of kind of let everybody know in on something. We have our 500th episode coming up next week. Uh, first of all, unbelievable that I've turned this microphone on 500 times since 2018. But we have that show coming up next week. I'm not sure on the drop date and everything else in the festivities, but we're building it behind the scenes. A chunk of that episode is going to be our second half preview with trade candidates. Look forward to guys to drop or get rid of uh, guys to look ahead to fantasy schedule updates and look aheads as well. So fever, I don't want to dodge your question. I apologize uh, for doing so right now, but we have more research to look into for buy low candidates specifically. So make sure you tune in next week and we will get to all those. I promise. Um, if you need somebody right now, DM me on uh, Twitter at Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O. Let me know your team and I can do some like personal research for you right away. But otherwise, just hang out with us for another week and we'll get to you on that. Next question here from Fever. Should I trade Darren Waller for a running back or a wide receiver and just have Fryermuth as my tight end one? Jordan, I brought this up earlier. I'm okay with Fryermuth over a Hawkinson. Darren Waller finally woke back up here. Are you comfortable enough? I mean, Firemuth has come out of nowhere for three touchdowns the last couple of weeks, but Eric Ebron might come back. Big Ben, do you trust him? Would you trade away Waller to sell high for a running back wide receiver and, and keep Firemuth, or are you going to keep Waller and Firemuth for insurance? Uh, I'm going to take the easy way out and say that it's going to depend on who you think you can, you're, you're, getting, you're getting back for Waller. Um, Waller is sell high, massively yeah. high, a tight end yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Uh, because you're basically selling Waller on the, Hey, look at what he did week one when rugs and Edwards weren't a thing exactly. and he got 19 targets and look what he did this last week when rugs and Edwards weren't a thing like mm -hmm. that. That's what you're selling uh, the potential owner on. Um, it also depends on like, who are my running backs and wide receivers? Um, if I was a uh, chase Edmonds owner or, um, you know, maybe I've been filling in with like Devonta Booker and, and Daryl Williams these past couple weeks who are starting or potentially seeing their fantasy season come to an end in terms of you know, Saquon and, and, uh, CEH coming back, right. then yeah, I I'd be willing to get Waller with a, you know, maybe a running back plus coming yep. back. Um, but it is tough with Frymouth because he's, you've been happy with him because he's scored. And so the question is, is 
if those touchdowns start to fall off and he comes back to earth with those, are, are you going to be happy with a four to right. four to five, four to eight right. point? Definitely selling high. I'm looking for first round, second round preseason draft capital, like an Aaron Jones off of a dud week, maybe, right? Or an Austin Eckler or somebody that hasn't really produced. Um, Nick Chubb maybe going to be out this week. Somebody like that I'm looking to uh, upgrade if you're going to get rid of Darren Waller. It's 12 AAC. Question, boys. I got a trade for Zeke Elliott and Mikey Williams in return for CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Hurts, and Javante Williams. What do I do? Let's assume half PPR because he didn't let us know. I think this depends on your – I think the quarterback situation that you have on your fantasy team and how successful you've been with streaming and what your league setup is of how many quarterbacks are available. Um, I'm also assuming that this is a one-quarterback league. I, I prefer C.D. Lamb to Mikey Williams. Obviously, C.D. Lamb coming off of the tough week that we just mentioned. But, again, had the nine targets. So yep. he's going to be fine moving forward. Uh, Javante Williams uh, has been great. He's been more efficient it's than Melvin coming. Gordon. Hasn't been, hasn't been the touchdown. Melvin Gordon's had more of the touchdowns than Javante Williams has. So I think, obviously, Zeke to Javante is, is definitely a downgrade. Yep. Um, but so is uh, a CD to Mikey Williams is, is an upgrade. And so really the question is, what's your quarterback situation and how much of an upgrade, I'm assuming, because Hertz is fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, how much of an upgrade is, is Hertz to make me willing enough to, to do this deal? I think that's a great call. If you have a, uh, it's just so middle of the road guys, Daniel Jones, uh, uh, Joe Burrow, maybe, um, you know, Lawrence, uh, Cousins, oh, Cousins has been playing pretty well. Yeah. But some of those middle of the road guys that you're kind of like, eh, I'm hoping for the best, Derek Carr or whatever, then I would go Jalen Hurts because he's a differentiator. But I agree the other two are, are probably knockdowns a little bit there. Oklahoma robbed by the college football playoff committee once again. Beach, sorry to hear that. Uh, we'll have to check in with you um, in a couple more weeks. Uh, ducks control their own destiny, so let's just let's just hope the the duckies hold it out there. C Griffin, what up, my dudes? What up, yo? I'm thinking of doing this trade here: Waller for Antonio Brown. Okay, this is fever coming back. Waller for Antonio Brown, IU Cream Hunt, and Dan Arnold. I also have Friar Mooch just in case. So, getting a haul for Darren Waller. This is how you do it: Antonio Brown, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, uh, Kareem Hunt and Dan Arnold. Now, Dan Arnold, I don't think you need. Kareem's still out. Antonio Brown might be out this week, too. And Ayuk, which is hit or miss. So it's a lot of good names, but I don't know if you can really bank on any of these guys here. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is like you're getting a lot of quote-unquote depth. But how many of these guys are you actually going to start on a week-to-week right. basis right. that you're taking Waller out of your lineup or, or you know substituting in Friermuth? Um, I mean – Antonio Brown, if he's fully healthy, but also has Godwin and Evans that he's competing with. Ayuk had a is coming off a good week, but prior to that, hasn't been great. And when Lance comes in, assuming that he does, the passing volume probably goes down a bit with Lance's ability to run. Think right. about you know basically having Lamar Jackson esque or Kyler Murray esque at your your quarterback instead of Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo, who's going to run less. Um, and then you mentioned Kareem, obviously still on uh, IR, and I think Dan Arnold's just a throw-in at this point. So, yeah, and he's got fire move. We just yeah. talked about that. So, yeah. you're getting a, a backup, backup tight end, right. which I don't think is necessary. Um, so, I think I'd maybe pass on that particular package, but I think you're in the right, right mentality. And, and Fever comes back in later. He was obviously listening, or they were obviously listening, and um, sounds good. I'll tune in next week. So, hang out there. All right, last one here. Beach had a big trade. We talked about it earlier. How about Evans and Elijah Mitchell for Eckler? I'm going to jump in really quickly and say no. 
Evans is touchdown dependent. Antonio Brown should be coming back eventually. Gronk should be coming back eventually. Godwin is is that number one, I think, most consistently. And Elijah Mitchell, I'm telling you right now, he faded this week. He went off last week. Jeff Wilson's going to get more involved. We'll see what happens when Trey Lance comes back. I don't like it. I want Eckler, period. I like the wide receiver running back combo for Eckler, but I would shoot higher. Elijah Mitchell, I think, might um, fade away a little bit. The, the 49ers offensive line is just too beat up right now to do what they want to do. Any thoughts on that, Eckler? Or, uh, yeah. You're not Eckler. Jordan? I, I, I can be if you want to pay me like Eckler. I'd <laughs> yeah, love that. You got uh, it, dude. Also a great guy. He's, he's, he loves I will when I can, I promise. By the way. <laughs> uh, it's funny when you said no to this trade at first, I, I was shocked because I read it the opposite way. I was like, I, I'd absolutely getting Eckler for right, yeah. exactly. Uh, so I agree with you. I, I want the Eckler side of this trade. Yeah. Likewise. And he also threw it in down here. Evans, Gronk, Elijah. Again, it, it doesn't change much uh, for me there. I want, um, I want Eckler and, uh, or get a better, more consistent running back. Um, I just think long-term that'll, that'll lose out. All right, guys, we went quite a bit over time here in the spirit of the NFL this year. Every week has had an overtime game, so we want to give you one here on the TCK pod as well. That wraps up the Week 9 recaps and the Week 10 look-aheads with my man Jay Della, Jordan Della Valley on Twitter, Jay Della Valley 7 You can find me, Sky Guasco, as well. Again, next week, Episode 500, hoping to get a special guest or two. Also, we're going to have a great list of Topics might run a little bit long on that one. We might purposely have a, a good chunk episode there for you. So tune in next week for our 500th episode. Of course, tune in Sunday morning for our live start sit show. We're having a great time there. And again, any of the super chat contributions go to our friends at good sports. 10% of all of our donations go to good sports here. They have helped out 541,000 kids, underprivileged kids, play youth sports around the United States. So make sure you help us and make sure those contribute contributions come in here so we can help them as well. This episode and all episodes have been brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online AG. Find us anywhere the fantasy focused channels are spread Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and right here on YouTube. Of course, we'll catch you next time. Buck and Bob coming up tomorrow with your streams of the week, quarterback streamers starts of the week as well. I will see you again on Thursday night. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your evening and get over that hump on Wednesday. We'll talk to you soon from my man, Jay Della. I'm your boy, Sky. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.